This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 164 with guest John Kim. As a leader, are you looking for something bigger for yourself? I'm a huge fan of Seth Godin's, and I want to tell you about his Alt-MBA workshop. It's an intensive leadership and management workshop designed for change makers. This is for people who are itching to level up and make a bigger impact. Four times a year, the workshop brings together over 100 leaders, people from different industries and areas of expertise. The end result, you're surrounded by other leaders who are moving to the top of their respective fields and helping to support each other to become stronger, cross-functional change agents. It's not about passively learning in this workshop. It's about actively putting newfound concepts into practice until they become habit. The idea is to drink from the fire hose and rewire your brain to make new, better habits and have the platform to practice those habits. Over a thousand alumni have been through the Alt-MBA. And by the way, there are no lectures, no videos. It's rolling up your sleeves and working in groups with people who are equally in it to win it. They're now accepting applications for their upcoming season. To find out more, visit altmba.com forward slash your kickass life and tell them I said you. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Are you enjoying your summer if you're on this side of the world? I know, what are we, mid-August now where many times it's as if the devil himself sat down on the earth. It's so hot, but I hope you are enjoying your summer. We have a great episode coming up. John Kim is here, the angry therapist. I really enjoyed this conversation with him. He and I have similar stories in that a divorce sort of became the catalyst for our better lives. So I'm excited for you to hear that conversation. You know what I was thinking about? A couple of things before I started recording this intro in that I haven't given you a book recommendation in forever. Remember when I said that I was going to start doing that and then I did it like three times? It's so like me. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Raise your hand if you're that person too, where you're like, I have this great idea. I'm going to do it for five minutes and then poor follow through. Oh my gosh. Thank goodness I have a team of people that keeps me on track for most other things. But what I have been reading Lately, I had Jen Sincero on not that long ago. If you missed that episode, you must go back and listen to it. I will link to it in the show notes. Her book is amazing, but I already had her on the podcast, so obviously I recommend that one. But one that I've been listening to on audiobook, and I'm not even all the way through it. Have I already recommended this before? I'm sorry if I have. I know that I've mentioned it in other podcasts, and I don't even know if they've come out yet or not. Oh my gosh, you guys. Okay, so let me just get right to it. It's The Body Keeps the Score by some doctor. (laughs) You can tell I'm really prepared. Oh, if you just Google The Body Keeps the Score, you will find it. If you geek out on brain science, you will love this book. I'm not even all the way through it, and I'm already recommending it to you. Again, link is in the show notes if you want it. And it is, oh my gosh, it's all about trauma and what actually happens to your brain when you go through something like that. And trauma, in case anybody who's like, well, I don't have trauma, trauma is anytime you've dealt with something where you don't at the time have the coping skills to process it in a healthy way. You get to a certain age and most people have had some kind of trauma. So it's just a fascinating book. 
about what happens to people's brains. And I think that what has been really helpful for me, so many things, but it's helpful for me to look at like my past relationships and go, oh, that's probably what was actually happening. It wasn't even really completely that person's fault. It just was how they reacted based on past experiences. So it's just fascinating to learn more about people and ourselves. And it can be a little clinical at times. I know that there's an abridged version. I haven't, I don't know anything really about that one, but it's long. There's your forewarning. (laughs) That's why I like listening to it on audiobook. And the other thing is that we have some really big, exciting plans coming up for 2018 for your kick-ass life. I'm so excited. I haven't made any announcements yet about what's coming up. It's still a little bit early. I know it's only August of 2017, and I am like ready, ready for 2018 to give you all of these new offerings that I have, including the book. The book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, is coming out. Official pub date is January 2018, and I'm starting to get excited. Right now, as we're recording this, I have officially turned in the final edits on the manuscript And we're starting to plan the book promotion, which is quite a task. I'll just say that it's quite a task, but I'm so excited about the birth of this book. And with it comes new programs for your kick-ass life. And I have evolved as a human and therefore the programs have evolved. There's some things that I'm no longer doing and for very good reason. I mean, these are the things that keep me up at night. These are the things where I just... That's what that survey was about several months ago that I sent out. And so many of you were so gracious to fill it out. We had a team meeting about that. And thank you and poured over every single answer. And that is so helpful because I want to make sure that I'm not just like, yeah, I think everybody's going to like this. (laughs) Guess what? This is what we're going to talk about. This is what I'm going to offer in classes, et cetera. No, I want to know what you want to know. And we make these plans for you. So I'm, there were some patterns that I saw in those survey answers from y'all. So I'm really excited to roll that out to 2018. In a few podcast episodes from now, I'm going to talk to you about what is coming up. And then you can sign up if you want to be first to know about these new programs. Also, we are in registration, speaking of events, for Tanning Tacos and Transformation in October of this year in Huntington Beach, California, my old stomping grounds of Southern California, there is still $50 off registration. It's called a conference, but it's going to be smaller and more intimate than we had originally planned. So we purposely have made it this way and we are excited for that. It's not going to be 7,000 people there where you're not even going to be able to hug me and talk to me. This is smaller. We are going to have workshops on negative self-talk. Of course, we're going to have workshops on confidence. We're going to have workshops on communication. And my co-hosts, I think that we bring such a great blend. You know, for instance, Kira and Amy on our communication day are going to be workshopping on your relationships. And I am going to be talking about friendships on that day. We all have a little bit of a different take that complements each other's work, but teaches it a little bit differently. So you're going to get tools to bring home with you. You are going to be around women who are just like you, who talk the same language, who are intrigued by the same topics that you are about personal development. There's something about the energy of these events that is like no other. And I love them. I love, love, love them. It is, again, at Triple T 
conference.com. And you can find that link in the show notes. And I would love to have you there. I would so love, love to get to squeeze you in person. And these conferences and retreats and events just blow my skirt up. I will say that. Just make my day. So enough about that. Thank you so much again for being here. As always, I'm so grateful that you're here and that you're ready to listen to this amazing conversation I had with John. So let me tell you a little bit about him. Seven years ago, John Kim went through a divorce, which led to his total rebirth. He became an unconventional therapist by working out of the box, growing his audience of like-minded people from the ground up. He started a movement to change the way we change. John Kim's first published book, The Angry Therapist, A No BS Guide to Finding and Living Your Own Truth, is on shelves now. So without further ado, here is The Angry Therapist, John Kim. Hello, John. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad you reached out because, I mean, I don't need to sound like a narcissist, but I'm going to for a second. (laughs) (laughs) We get a lot of pitches over here, and I'm very particular about who I introduce to my audience, and I check out everyone. And I just, I loved your message, and I love your brand. I love the fact that you're a therapist, and I am ready to jump in if you are. You ready? Yeah. So I, I, I know that. And so thank you for, I mean, I know how picky you are. So thank you for having me. I feel like the guy that got into the party, he wasn't invited to. <laughs> over the fence. <laughs> well, you didn't have to sneak in the back door. Yeah. But I, I love so, so many things that you said. And I have several questions for you. And the very first one is, you say that obviously you talk about changing because we're in the realm of personal development, but what does it mean to change the way we change? I think that we live in a very exciting time right now. So I think, you know, self-betterment, psychology, that world hasn't had a shakeup pretty much ever. And so now with the injection of the internet, technology and apps, and also the flood of new life coaches, Mm -hmm. you know, and the crossover between people that do, you know, yoga and fitness and nutrition and all these people who also are now becoming coaches, that is creating just a whole new landscape. And so now people are able to be creative and they're able to change the way they could help people uniquely the way that they want to do it. And so, I mean, that's what I did. I did that, like, I started that journey about eight years ago Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I just did what I felt was honest to me. And yeah, so now I feel it happening just everywhere, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like there was, I mean, back when I was a kid, the only, I remember when I was really little, so this was probably in the late 70s, early 80s, there was a show, it had to have come on after like Sesame Street or something, and it was this woman that did yoga. If anyone's Mm -hmm. as old as me, they might remember her. She had really long black hair and she wore like almost this nude color leotard. And it was like, it was on PBS or something. And it was this really, you know, not a great set. It was like her on like a carpet platform and she was basically doing yoga. And it was like yoga with Elisa or something like that. And that was really my only introduction to anything kind of spiritual other than church. Like that was it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There was no, I mean, I guess way back then it was probably like Louise Hay and probably even Wayne Dyer, but you're right. There wasn't a big shakeup. And I think that now 
I love that personal development is becoming more mainstream. Like people aren't as embarrassed to be in the self-help aisle at the bookstore anymore. Yeah, that's all changing too, like the stigma. And also I think that, you know, just more people want to help others. You know, Mm -hmm. more people are seeing, you know, like what you're doing and other people like you're doing and they feel inspired and they feel like they could actually do that. Before it was like, you know, the only, I think the first life coach was Tony Robbins and to watch him, it was, it was very distant. And, and, you know, if you weren't a speaker or if you weren't, you know, someone who could, you know, fill a stadium, (laughs) it wasn't really, you know, uh, realistic, but now you don't have to be like Tony Robbins. You Mm -hmm. can, you know, you don't have to be as giant as he is. And I meant, I mean, like physically, he's larger than life. Or make people walk fire. Right. So you're a therapist who, unlike, you know, the quote unquote usual therapy model chooses to say me too, instead of you should. What made you go this route? And why do you think changing this old therapy model is helpful? So what's interesting is when I was on my therapist journey and going into the clinical world, I got lucky. I created this blog called The Angry Therapist, and that gave me a look at the other side. So I decided to pull the curtain back, practice transparency. I was going through a divorce at the time. So I just decided to just document, you know, my, my feelings. And my very first post was called My Fucking Feelings. Were you, and, I'm going to stop you for a second. Were you afraid to, like, that you might, like, lose your license or something? I didn't, well, I didn't know that people were going to re- actually read it. So <laughs> I did it almost as, you know, I thought a therapist being angry is funny. I mean, I was angry in my 20s and 30s. And I did it for myself. I did it so I, I had no friends at the time. I was starting life all over. Mm-hmm. And I just needed a way to vent. But when I started getting followers and that turned into questions and then sessions, I was like, oh, shit, this is actually, it's becoming something. And so when that happened, there was a fork in the road where I could see the clinical road and I was living that. That was my day job. And I felt like Clark Kent pushing a mail cart. And then when I came home and I was blogging and I was doing things, you know, working with people in unconventional ways, Skype sessions and walks around legs and CrossFit boxes and all that, I felt like Superman. Mm-hmm. I felt like that's where I had my cape. And so I listened to that. And then I started a life coaching course that trains people, you know, the way that I think is effective and powerful. I think the clinical route is broken. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot, lot of, and, and a lot of this is going back to what you're asking me. There's a lot of shoulds. There's a lot, you know, people leave that world very afraid. They're very neutral. And I think they kind of become invisible, you know? That's interesting. Cause I've always, and I think this is like one of the reasons I was dying to talk to you because I've always felt that the therapy model is broken. And, and by always, yeah. I mean, ever since I started training and life coaching. And even way back when I had the same therapist for a long time and she has since retired and on and off, I saw her for 20 years. And I remember there came a point where I was obviously bringing to her my relationship woes for years and years. And I said to her one time, blurt, I blurted it out. I said, I make up that you have the perfect marriage. Or I I probably said something like, I'll bet you have the perfect marriage because you have all the answers. <laughs> and she laughed and she said, and I think I must have asked her, like, do you ever fight with your husband? And she yeah. said yes. And she gave me an example. And I remember even then it wasn't like a bad example. It was kind of like a funny story. It had a happy ending. Mm-hmm. She tied it up with a bow. But even just that small thing made me feel so much better because I think yeah. so many clients sit back and think, okay, it feels like, and I think some people put their therapists up on a pedestal, which isn't helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, what's funny is, so I kind of accidentally humanized myself and I realized the power in that because 
when we go see our therapist, because they don't practice transparency and because they're very neutral, you kind of th- assume they have the perfect life. Right. <laughs> and you don't really see them as people. You see, and that's why we put up on a pedestal because we think that they, you know, they're like this wise, this fantasy that we create. And the thing about a life coach is they're real people, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that that produces more glue and we, we feel more connected to coaches because it's, it's more of a, you know, with you instead of at you. Yeah. And I think that you can be wise and (laughs) still human. I think that's where the disconnect is. Like just because you're wise doesn't mean you don't still have like all the shit that life throws at you. Yeah. I know. I think that people also, they get to a point and I mean, I don't know if you disagree with me, but I think that some therapy is good. I think that talk therapy is good. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm done with this. I've figured out like my family of origin shit. And now what do I do with it? And I think that that's where a lot of the model is broken. And that's where people seek out life coaches because they're ready. They're saying like, well, now what? Yeah. It's so therapy is usually from, you know, baseline suffering to, oh, actually like suffering to baseline. And then life coaching is from baseline to flourishing. I like that. I've never heard that before. I like that a lot. Yeah. So why do you think people are stuck? Like, why do they stay stuck? And then how can they create movement in their own lives? Wow. I think there's a lot of reasons. I think at the end of the day, it has to do with everything in between your ears, your thoughts. You know, I was just writing yesterday about how 95% of our thoughts are the thoughts that we had yesterday and the day before and the day before. So I think we get into these loops where we're thinking the same thing, which creates, you know, the same emotion and which creates the same behavior. And we just get stuck in the past and old patterns and false beliefs and all that. Yes. (laughs) We talk about that a lot over here about, Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about with, you know, my audience is primarily women and I know that men struggle with this too, but I think for women, it tends to be gender specific about certain things around the way that they speak to themselves. And I agree with you that it's the same loop over and over again. And so how do you, where do you feel like people can create movement? I know you said, you know, what you put between your ears. So what do you suggest that is, you know, podcasts like this and what else? Oh, I think, I believe in changing your state. I believe in designing your life in a way where I talk a lot about safe containers. And what I mean by that is creating a safe life space, mental, emotional, physical, that promotes growth instead of stunts it. So a lot of people have cracks in their container and that's due to, you know, so if you're example, if you're in a, an abusive relationship, you know, if you're getting punched in the face, that is a giant crack in your container and stunts growth. So I think we all have the ability to build a brand new container for ourselves. And, and if you do so, all you have to do is really live. And I think growth is organic, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I tell people a lot too, speaking of the container, that it is about the people that you surround yourself with as well. And and I mean, I know, you know, we could talk about success and it's, you know, based on the people that you are are in your life. But I also think that it's a huge aspect of who you share your story with, because I think that we are starving as humans for connection, for human connection. And that starts with being able to tell people your fucking feelings, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think because most people, they don't like their story. You know, most people want to rip out chapters mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff has happened to us, you know, that we couldn't control. And a lot of stuff has happened to us that we're embarrassed about and it's lined with guilt and shame. But, you know, people don't realize if you don't embrace your story, every part of it, you're not embracing parts of yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a tipping point where you not only embrace your story, accept it, but you share it. And when you share your story, it becomes bigger than you. 
And I think that's the, where the power is. Yeah. Cause you, you, you talk about that. You believe strongly in the power of your story. Yeah, absolutely. You can, you can turn it into, I say that a lot too, cause I have like everyone, you know, a pretty crappy story and got heartbroken and you know, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it got, to, I got to a point where I was telling the story from a place of victimhood and telling the story from a place of woes me and pay attention to me. And isn't this the worst? And isn't he the worst and poor me? And I finally got so sick of that story and mm. decided to, doesn't mean that it wasn't still painful, but got to a place where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to almost like pull power out of it. And where yeah. can this make me a better person? How can I improve based on this story? Because I wasn't a perfect person, you know, so it was about taking responsibility for what I had done and what I had tolerated really. Right. That's why I turned it into a testimony. There are these stages. I love this concept. It's, have you heard this? It's, there's four stages people go through. It's to me, for me, by me, and through me. I haven't heard that. I like it. Okay. To me is the most powerless stage. And that's when you're, you know, everything happens to me. It's when you play victim, right? And if someone, you know, she dumped me or this happened to me, blaming. By me is when it's like my way or the highway, big ego, and you know you think you could do everything by yourself, and that doesn't work. <laughs> I've never done um, that, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for me is when you actually come to a place where you believe you know you deserve something. It's for you. You have a sense of yourself, and then the highest stage is through me, and that's when you live a life where you're kind of a vessel. You know, something greater than you is working through you to make you shine and share your gifts with the world. And so those that's kind of the spectrum. And I think people kind of maneuver in different stages, but ultimately the for me and through me stages where I think you're you're the most potent. I like that. I love how it has like a spiritual bow at the end of it too. Yeah. That's really powerful. I like that a lot. And for everyone listening, all of these things are gonna be in the show notes, so you can head on over back to that and, and John's website as well. We like to talk about obviously our vulnerabilities over here. And where do you still get stuck in your life? Wow, where do I get stuck? I get stuck every day. You know, I think that's one of the greatest misconceptions about coaches. I've coached tens of thousands of people. And yet, you know, I still struggle with the same things that other people struggle with. It doesn't make me any better or it doesn't make me, you know, I don't have all the answers. So I struggle with everything from trying to get meditation in to getting into my time machine and jumping into past and obsessing about the future, stalking exes on Instagram, <laughs> like everything that everyone else everyone has problems with or, you know, has struggles with. I am the same person. I mean, that being said, I, you know, I've done my hero's journey. I'm still on one, but I've learned a lot about myself and you know, I've changed, but it's still a struggle. I mean, there's so many things that, you know, we have to tackle that we have to climb every day. Absolutely. I love asking that question and I get different answers with every single different person. And, and it's interesting. Some people that I interview on this show are more revealing than others. And I'm not saying that that's wrong or right or good or bad, but I love that you said that you still struggle every day. And I like to kind of pound that message home yeah. <laughs> to people and that everybody still struggles. And, and that's that whole common humanity piece, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think accepting that and being okay with it is what's going to make you, you know, grow and move on. Do you feel like your divorce was the hardest thing that ever happened to you? I mean, I don't yeah, need to like was, rate it or anything, but it was tough. Yeah, it was the hardest thing I went through, obviously, but it was also the most important part of my story. If I never went through that, I wouldn't have started the blog and that never would have turned into, you know, what some say is a movement and I wouldn't have helped all these people. And then, you know, found a sense of purpose, actually. 
I love that. That's exactly what happened to me. And I feel like, I don't know if this was the case for you. I love, I would love for you to tell us, but there were hints all along in my relationship that it was, that I shouldn't have married him even. We were together for a really long time. Yeah. And when I married him, it kind of got better. Or maybe I just kind of had my head up my ass. Either way, <laughs> we were going along and then it was a dramatic end. And I sort of feel like, for the sake of sounding really woo-woo, I do feel like the universe was looking out for me and saying, you need to change your life. And here you go. Like served it up on a silver platter. So was that the same for you? Were you kind of ignoring your intuition along the way? Yeah, 100%. The universe is, it's, it's. I was, I was going to say funny. It's not funny, but it, it works it's in funny, mysterious ways where, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but not funny. It holds a mirror up, you know, and yeah. it makes you forces yourself to look at things and to evaluate things. And I think that's where growth happens. Totally agree with that. You know, speaking of growth, I would love to ask you about something that comes up pretty regularly over here. And that is the concept of boundaries. So how do you help people with this? Like, what would you say to somebody who is just like, John, I just cannot have that initial hard conversation with the person that I need to set a boundary with. Can't do it. You know what I do is I flip it and I say, what's at stake if you don't? Ah, uh, what's the cost? Yeah, what's the cost? And I actually make sure they say it out loud. And then when they do, they kind of realize, oh, this I have to push through this because I'm not willing to take on the, the risk. The cost. And usually, you know, what's at stake is your worth and a lot of, you know, a lot of big important things that are going to – it's preventing you from moving forward. So usually that helps, puts things into perspective. It gives them more motivation to change. I love that. You know, like, that's a really great coaching question. <laughs> what's, what's at stake? And I often tell people too, like, well, you have two choices. You can not have the conversation and things will continue. Like typically people that need a boundary set with them aren't mind readers and they don't know. I had a client one time say it was so funny. She goes, I guess people can't follow my boundaries if they're just living in my head. <laughs> like, that's, right. that's amazing. <laughs> yes. At the end of the day, what's at stake is going to be always be your potential, who you are, who you can be. True. I love that. Yeah. That absolutely is powerful. What are your, I'm super curious because I know you work out and you kind of like do what you want to do. So what are your daily non-negotiables, whether it's like a morning routine or what do you do that helps you be your best self? I have to be creative. So I have to build something. I have to, whether it's writing or, you know, doing a podcast or even, you know, creating this dialogue or a Facebook live, something, something creative. I have to have my daily sweat. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I have to, it doesn't matter if it's a hike or a CrossFit workout or whatever. I just have to sweat every day, move. And then I have to uh, seek nectar. I, I call it nectar. It's anything in your life that brings you joy. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a motorcycle ride or a, a certain food or, you know, spending time with a friend, I think that we focus so much on work and career that we forget to – we don't exercise that muscle to produce joy. And I think that, you know, it's a muscle. I think you have to exercise that. You have to be able to take what you have and seek nectar out of it in your daily life instead of, you know, focusing on what will come or, you What's know, next? what what or Exactly. I love that. I want to just sort of pause for a moment and underline, I like that you called it nectar. And so I think it was on, on Friday night, I was with my family and I know a lot of my listeners too, or their moms are, or they have, you know, careers where they work really long days and they don't have a whole yeah. lot of time. And, but my argument is joy and nectar, as you put it, is really in these small, sometimes inconsequential moments. We, on Friday, we, uh, my son started back up with swimming lessons. He's nine. And it was kind of later and my husband stopped by because it was his first swim team in a while. And 
I didn't have dinner planned. And I'm like, well, let's go to our favorite Mexican restaurant. And so we're sitting there and we go to this place often and the table mats have tic-tac-toe on them with crayons. I always do tic-tac-toe with my son and my husband with our daughter. And it's just, it's, I stopped for just a second and reveled in that moment. It just like, that is nectar to me. Just these small moments of joy. Yeah. hundred percent. Big. Yeah, and I think that what will always block nectar is judgment and expectations, which we live with, you know, with everything. A lot. Absolutely. Sorry, that's my alarm going off on my phone. I started a new, I should probably just like in real time tell everybody I started, I started these like kind of affirmations. Everyone's probably laughing because I don't love positive affirmations all by themselves, but I started them on my phone. Speaking of non-negotiables, you guys, (laughs) reminders pop up on my phone. Yeah, that's great. So I have one more question for you, and that is, how can people get more involved with your movement? You have your own podcast, right, that you co-host? Yeah, yeah. It's been fun. We're only at about 13 episodes, but it's called Asking for a Friend, and it's kind of like Loveline. It's a lot of Oh, my God. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. But I have a book coming out in uh, in about two weeks. It's going wide, so it'll be everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble and stuff. And so I've just been promoting my book. It's called The Angry Therapist, A No BS Guide to Finding and Living Your Truth. I love it's it. A long, we'll, we'll it's a long title. <laughs> when this episode comes out, it'll already be out. So we'll for sure link to the show notes so people can grab Perfect. a copy of that. Congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's really exciting. Well, thank you so much for this conversation and for putting up with construction and all the things that happen yeah, in real life right. when you work from home. But everyone jump on over to the show notes to grab a copy of John's book and find out more about his podcast and his life coach training and all of those things over at theangrytherapist.com. And until next time, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Hey, ass kickers, you know what would help me out so much if you left a rating and review for this podcast. Your Kick-Ass Life podcast will always be free to you and to help me get more awesome guests and to spread the word, it helps tremendously if you leave a rating and a review. Now, they don't particularly make this super easy to do, so I'll help you out a little. If you're in iTunes and you're on your phone, when you are in the podcast app, you need to search for Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. I know, even if you're subscribed, this is how you do it. So when you search for it and you see it come up, click on the cover art, then towards the top where it says reviews, click that, scroll down a tiny little bit, and then click write a review. Stitcher is a bit easier if you're on Android. The easiest way I found to do this is to type into Google stitcher.com, your kick-ass life, and voila, my podcast should pop up as the first link. Scroll down and click write a review. That's it. Thank you so very much. You have no idea how much it helps me when you do that. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.